Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. Well, what a way to kick off 2023. Here on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, who better than to set us up for a successful and high-performing 2023 than Neil Carberry, the Chief Executive Officer for the Recruitment Employment Confederation. This episode is an absolute must-listen for anybody at any level in recruitment, whether you're a leader leading a massive global firm or a boutique business, whether you're starting out your recruitment career or whether you're, like me, an absolute stalwart of the industry. We're going to talk about what strategy you should have to succeed in 2023, how the external economic factors will or may impact you, and what you can do to truly thrive and succeed this year. I can't wait for you to listen, and I'll speak to you soon. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And for those who have been following our podcast since the beginning, this this name and person will be of no surprise to you. And actually, if you are somebody who's leading a business in the recruitment industry, yet again, this is somebody that you definitely should know about. This is Neil Carberry, and he's joining us today. He's the Chief Executive Officer for the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. And Neil has been on the show. I think this might be your, is this your second or third venture into our I think it might podcast? be the third time. I think it is. And we thought, what better way to start 2023 than having the voice of the recruitment industry. Thank you so much for coming back to us today, Neil. How are you? I'm really good and an absolute pleasure to to join you again. I have to I, I have to start by uh by acknowledging that uh uh I'm in a hotel room in Dublin uh which is uh, w- uh which is a lovely lovely place to be but I'm delighted that the hotel Wi-Fi is strong enough for, for oh, us to be. Oh good. So I'm just I'm just starting to relax a bit because I was a little bit worried. Yeah, no, I understand that. We are actually, anyone that knows anything about how I record this podcast, we do record a little bit in advance, but we're doing this knowing that in January, you're all coming back, determined to hit your goals, objectives of the year, and that's for leaders and for recruiters too. So we're going to make sure that there's something for you to learn on today's show. And but let's let's start off by painting a picture, because as we finish 2022, if anyone picks up a newspaper, does anyone do that anymore? You know, went onto Twitter, opened up a news story, do and gloom recession job losses brexit i mean goodness me it's amazing that anyone sort of didn't kill themselves on mince pies over the over the holidays so what is the actual reality as we enter a new year of supporting people into employment we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with vincere the recruitment operating system Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. 
a single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. So the first thing to understand, and I used to do this when I was at the CBI, is you need to understand what a recession is. Mm -hmm. It's the economy getting a little bit smaller with an emphasis on a little bit. Uh, I used to have a slide that I used in CBI days. I used it once or twice um, uh, uh, at the REC2 before the uh, before the pandemic screwed it up, which is I had um, the best year in uh, Britain's economic history compared to the year before is two towers on a graph. And the worst year compared to the year before it is two towers on a graph. And when you put them on a graph, what you see is the towers are pretty much the same size to the naked eye. You know, and this is the critical thing, right? Recessions are slight shrinkages in the economy. There will be a recession of some form over this winter and into to the new year. However, mm. this is a very different situation because mm. what this is being driven by is obviously the war in Ukraine, in Ukraine, high uh, energy prices, and also the amount of money that had to be flooded into the economy over COVID. Mm. Lots of these inflationary pressures are actually quite short term, we hope. Mm, yeah. Even if the war in the Ukra in Ukraine lingers on, mm. we're finding alternative uh, sources, of en sources of energy. So from that point of view, I absolutely don't see the kind of two-year Armageddon that the bank was talking about back in October. Yeah. Um, and in, frankly, I don't think the bank sees it either. I think that was uh, part of their big argument with the city about fiscal and monetary policy in, in, in the UK. I see a period of economic relative treacle. Yeah. So companies struggling a bit to grow mm. because they... Um, consumers are very, very cautious and prices mm. are rising. But let's be parochial. We're not macroeconomists. We're recruiters. Mm. There are two types of trends in an economy. There are cyclical trends. That's your boom and recession and ups and downs. And then there are secular trends. And your secular trends are the things which are changing anyway. A classic mm. secular trend would be the internet. Right, yep. The internet mm -hmm. came, it's not going mm -hmm. to go away again, we're going nope. to adapt it. My argument is that for us as recruiters, the secular trends, uh, the great retirement, the uh, challenge some young people are having getting into the labour market, um, the uh, effect of the baby boomers retiring from, from the labour market, um, the, the ending of free movement, mm -hmm. all of those secular trends are tightening the British labour market up. Now that is making it more difficult to find candidates for recruiters, right? Mm -hmm. I'm with my mate, Greg Savage on this. Stop whinging, right? That's what they pay us to do. <laughs> yes. They pay us to find, you know, if it was easy to find candidates, they wouldn't need us. So the critical, the critical thing for recruiters is 
I think your clients might be struggling through 2023 in their businesses, but they are still going to be grasping for resources. Um, and for us, that's a really interesting place to be because if we've got the right service mix, and I think the service mix goes way beyond fulfillment mm. here. It goes yeah. into skills, help with retention. Uh, candidate care is is so important in a market like this. Um, if you get the right service mix, I think you can bust out of the procurement manager's office or the HR meeting room and start having a discussion with the top of the shop. Yeah. I was um, in uh, late November, I went to the CBI conference. They let me in, which means I, I, I clearly didn't do too bad. <laughs> um, um, and I was listening to the business leaders there. Mm. And Tony Danker said this, the, the DG, but it was backed up by business leader after business leader, which is the people stuff is top of their list right now, Absolutely. even above energy. Now, in that world, people need expertise and they need advice. And if we look at how industries have changed, mm. fulfillment has become a transactional good. Yeah. Right. We'll, our margins will be pushed down on fulfillment. Where you create value is on advice and structures. And and I think actually as an industry, that's a huge opportunity. But it's an opportunity if we step up to it. And the mm. way we step up to it, I think, is kind of not confusing clients. Mm. Um, so we talk, you know, we we are, are a forest of three letter acronyms, RPOs, MSPs, master vendors. That's yeah. only two. Uh, but they, <laughs> so there's, a whole, there's a, whole th a whole thing there. Actually, we need a simpler offer for clients, a mm. simpler tech tech offer. Same for uh, for candidates. Yeah, there's, true. But if we get if we get it right, I think the mm. market potential in 23 and into 24 is really, really strong because this type mm. of labor market is with us for a decade, mm. in my view. I, I mean, look, everything that you've said there, I'm nodding away. If anyone's actually watching on YouTube, I'm nodding away. And I think, I mean, I've, you've been in recruitment long time. I've been in recruitment long time. I'm actually heading into beyond my first quarter century. Um, and I think that it does go in, a, if, if you look at it over the whole 25 years, our sector, our industry is coming of age. And this is where we we define ourselves. We remove the telesales, the dreadful telesales. Nothing nothing wrong with a telesales job, but we are consultants. And we should be regarded in the same way that a solicitor, a financial advisor is regarded, that we are the experts. We are consultative. We are going to guide and counsel and give genuine knowledge to our customers way beyond this transactional notion that you just get a CV, you get a job and you do the two. And that, you know, we're not sort of, I'm not being disingenuous about that part of the process. Of course I'm not, but I actually think we are in, even though it's a very challenging market for anyone that's listening in recruitment, whether you're just starting out or you've been doing it 20 odd years like me, but this is our sweet spot. This is where we show our true value in our knowledge, our understanding the talent pool. And I think, I love that you quote Greg because obviously, I mean, Greg's been on, he's only been on twice, so maybe we should get Greg back on. You've beaten yeah. him now. Um, but I love that. I mean, don't don't mince your words. T -t Stop whinging. But basically, you can control your controllables within your desk, within your market by exactly. understanding what those market drivers are. So everything that you've said there, we're seeing, because obviously I'm a rector -rec, that's what we're seeing as well day to day. We are so proud to be partners of Needy the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. 
But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at key recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, and I think if you if you think about this, right, we're not it's not to belittle the fulfillment because the fulfillment actually is your license to be in the room. Yeah, of if you can if you can't efficiently de- uh, deliver <laughs> the fulfillment, nothing's going to happen. So that stuff is really mm. really important. Mm. But four or five other firms in your niche might be able to do that. Absolutely. What sets you apart is uh, quality of advice, quality of understanding, mm. and I think importantly, relationships. And it poses mm. some really big challenges, or not some really big challenges, some big challenging questions mm. to uh, recruitment firms about, um, well, what skills do we really mm. need? What mm. sort of structure do we really need? Not just kind of people structure, managerial structure, but things like our reward structure. You know, what does our reward structure encourage? Yeah. All of that, I see uh, businesses playing with in really innovative ways right now. Um, and I think that that sense of um, where we've been is not where we're going, mm. but the demand being super high is really important because the truth is our competitors in this space, if you're not coming from a, a, a recruitment business point of view, are platform-based businesses where I think there are serious challenges around uh, standards Mm. and serious challenges about the ability to offer uh, quality service Mm. and consultancy platforms, uh, which are typically going to enter the market at a hugely higher price point than rates that would feel yeah, mm. uh, really, really good to us as uh, from our sector. So I think we've got a price yeah. advantage on the consultants yeah. and a and a quality advantage on the platforms if mm. we can seize it. And I think it's really interesting. You see the big firms moving this direction. So you look at a Harvey Nash Nash Squared; they would see themselves as a technology business now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you look. You you see Hayes bringing in people to work on a global projects business. Mm. You know, Morrison's always had a big. Uh, mm. uh, projects business running alongside. Mm. I think we are seeing the big players in the industry move, yep. and I think if you're in a niche, it's about how you move the move with your niche into that world. And actually, yeah. niche players have an advantage because a lot of those relationships, you know, go back to something mm. Tim Cook said at our conference in the summer of 2022. Those, if you've got those relationships, well, one, you don't stiff your mates. And set, and secondly, it gives you that ability to have that conversation. If the market does turn south, you should talk, mm. be talking to your clients more, even when they're not re- recruiting. Definitely. Espe- and and especially at a moment like this, where actually the the risk to the the sector is client lack of confidence, because mm. what we certainly what we were seeing in November and December was not people 
withdrawing from the market, but just decision-making timelines extending a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Wait to see what happens. We're going to wait yeah. to see what happens. That's the, like the biggest con, isn't it, of, of a company just saying we're just a bit we're just going to wait and see what happens to everybody else and we'll just miss out the, on all the talent. The I totally better, agree. The better relation your relationship is, the more you can have a serious discussion around yeah, that. Course. I think that's important. And in, an influence. I just want to pick up on something that you said there because actually, and this isn't about a pitch for Recruitment Employment Confederation. It, it isn't. But I think it that should be. One, it should be because I think that certainly for leaders listening and especially those where your strategy for growth is going to have to be around bringing in new talent, having a regulatory board, having an, a barrier to entry, having, you know, an educator, an education-led sector where it is about you know, being regulated and showing that you have got an accreditation as a recruiter will set you apart. And I'm, you know, if I turn the clock back to the nineties where it might have been slightly, slightly after that, actually, when I worked at Fee Farrah Jones and I, you know, we were REC accredited. That was our USP in the market at the time. And mm -hmm. I never, I very rarely come across companies saying that to me, but I do think that if we compare ourselves as an industry to, dare I say it, even estate agents and, 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 and sectors like that, they have accreditations and that's mm -hmm. what they use as a USP. So I think, you know, I want, I want leaders listening to, to really, think about what they're going to do to give their consultants especially the more junior ones who can't have the gravitas who can't pretend to pertain to be experts when they've only got 12 to 12 to 18 months experience you can't be but actually having an rec accreditation will make them look more and and they will be more credible to the to the customers which is what we're talking about here yeah look i think that level three set rp uh, which is the mm. most popular mm. of our qualifications mm. does come with that kind of that badge of mm. you know having put some uh some uh, some time into your craft yeah and it, and of course it comes with some other bits around professional pathways and we're doing quite a lot of work in 23 on modernizing some of those professional pathways because i think they are changing quite quickly mm. yeah um from an rec perspective I essentially see our job in 23 is to do two things. Thing number one is to educate clients and governments. And I always use a plural of governments because coming from where I come from, it's always useful to remember that there are four. Yes. Um, <laughs> especially if you come from the country with the noisy one. Um, <laughs> the, the, but educating clients and governments that the world is different now you know mm. all that stuff we talked about earlier about tight labor markets but also some of the some of the pressure on supply chains you know mm. one of the things one of the reasons standards matter things like edni matter is not just because clients want it it's because clients themselves are being held to account for it by their investors and by their uh, and by the court of public opinion mm -hmm. so a lot we can we can do do there at the same time we also need to teach them that it's not 2015 anymore and mm. we don't have this super loose labor market so for us that piece of work on educating the market and interpreting the market back to the industry is really important Absolutely. but the second the second bit then is how do we help recruitment firms across the bridge Mm. To from where we are to where we're going and for me that's about we did some new work on models of uh production and recruitment and technology we're doing work on green because i think we do have to have a debate Brilliant. about our 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 climate impact you know it's very easy to sit, sit there and say well, we've got an office we're not pumping stuff out into the air but actually mm. you know we can make some decisions uh there we're doing lots of work on um uh standards 
you know, right. not, uh, particularly focused on you know the potential advent of a Labour government, uh, which mm -hmm. you know the, the election won't be in twenty twenty three, barring. A, a meltdown on the Conservative bench. Never say never, Neil. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pointedly not saying <laughs> okay. never. But, I know you're not. But the um the the cha the the chances are that mm. it's um uh, that it's mid to late twenty four. Mm. But you know, at the time of recording, Labour Labour is over twenty points ahead in the polls. Mm. Um, I think. It's very, you know, they are well positioned to come to power in 24 and mm. they will have an agenda that is about standards and about safeguarding in a health and education and about what, how you, you compete. And the good thing, go back to the kind of the, the most, uh, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but the most fun I've had this year, which was having a proper Barney with the government over abolishing regulation seven, which is the rules about agency workers replacing striking workers. Actually, the stance the REC and its members took on that has won us a lot of friends on the Labour front benches. Good. So they they know they need flexibility mm. in the market. Yep. An agency supplied within good standards frameworks with those barriers to entry that you talk about, Alicia, mm. um, agency is the good bit. They're mm. worried about platform-based businesses and other things. So there's an opportunity there as well for us as a business. I always say the REC, uh, the REC works in a triangle and the triangle is information to members. It's a network for members to learn from each other. And we learn more when members talk to each other and then influence our ability to speak to the world outside the industry, particularly clients. Most of our media works really aimed at clients. Mm. Um, and I think we've got a great platform to tell mm. fantastic stories about Definitely. the difference we make. You know, people all, the people's outside the industry's eyes pop out their head when I say recruitment's bigger than law in the UK. It's bigger than law. It's bigger than accountancy. It's bigger than management consultancy in terms of contribution to the economy. Mm. Yeah. And that's just pure cash contribution. Mm. Never mind the fact we put a million agency temps onto sites every uh, every day and over half a million per, new permanent employment. Uh, Mind-blowing, uh, isn't it? huge sector and yeah. so there's a little bit of part of this is just believing in ourselves mm. and and going back to what you were saying you used to do about competing mm. on quality and standards mm. having the the having the uh, guts just to say mm. i'm not going to do that for 50 pence mm. yeah because because that might, i can't deliver you the quality i want to deliver at that no. you if you want to find someone who will do it go and do it and we'll see you in six months when you come back absolutely a bit of <laughs> that confidence you know that shoulders back head up smash it mm. that's my uh that's my theme for the year is it i love it yeah. that's brilliant did you learn that from steve gast <laughs> uh no no it's, it's definitely it's definitely it's definitely a troy hawk is it? <laughs> now, I love that. You know, a lot of our audience listening that is very hard to know exactly who. And we're so grateful for every single person that downloads and takes time to listen. And particularly those that take time to message me. A lot of people listening are quite new in the sector and mm. they will absolutely be tuning in here to try and impart any any kind of nuggets of, of wisdom from you, Neil, because you've obviously, you know, you, you're in the you're in the seat, the driving seat of our amazing industry, which obviously I'm so passionate and proud to be part of. So as they're listening now, they've probably just gone through quite a 
possibly, you know, a stressful period. Maybe there's been more pressure put on them. Mm. There's definitely get it. We're, we're get hearing a lot of noise of people, you know, being forced to do a lot more on on sales and business development. You know, I think that things are definitely pivoting and changing within our industry. And I think for those new people that are, are on that first sort of climb up the the ladder, what would your, I guess, your guidance and advice be to them? And it's very hard because it's generic. But for people that definitely want to stay in our industry but are maybe finding it a bit challenging, what would your advice be for for trading successfully through this year? The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd if you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. One thing that I'll steal from someone, which I think is really important, and then one thing that's slightly flippant, but when you think about it, it isn't. Okay. Um, so the thing, having said uh, that the smasher thing didn't come from Steve Guest, the thing that Steve Guest does say, which I absolutely agree with, is the first rule of recruitment is do what you say you will. Yeah. Follow through. Right. Yeah. Just the risk is that, you know, when you're under pressure on business development, you throw a billion hooks into the water uh, to try and catch some fish. And we all know that one well baited hook is much more valuable than 10 unbaited hooks. Mm. So that piece around do what you say, will follow through and build your relationships. And, and so, Slightly flippantly, uh, I think you know that my the deepening tragedy of my weekends is that there isn't a role in rugby football that I don't fulfil. Uh, so I head coach a team, I referee at county level, uh, and I still I still technically play, although the double black eye I gave myself in the summer probably. <laughs> if you ask my wife, I'm retired. Right. And, and so the critical thing is to make sure that she's not around when I play. Um, so. There's something here, which is when we do, when I talk about a session and the RFU guidance, we we have this little 
acronym, which is APES. Everything we do has to be active, mm -hmm. purposeful, mm -hmm. enjoyable, mm -hmm. and safe. Okay. Now, if you in a, in a recruitment context, if you interpret safe as standards, yes, enjoyable as in, you know, if mm. you hate it, there's probably a reason. Definitely purposeful, right? Yeah. That's baiting your hooks. Mm. And active, yeah, mm. it's not going to come to you. It's a, it, it's yeah. a proactive industry. So it I is. think if we think about that and then following through on what you say you will, I think it's ultimately it's a simple game and it's a relationships mm. game right mm. so when you're making all those calls and you do have to hit the phone um i mean i'm i'm up for my 25th anniversary in 2024 of when i joined the industry um the um i think the the thing there is you're doing a lot of calls you need to make the call that activity purposeful yeah, you do. Uh, and think about your relationships. Think about mm. how you're managing the calls and follow through on what you do. And the critical thing is you're not selling a tin of beans. Yeah. No. You, or an advertising slot. You're mm. selling a person or the ability to place people. Yes. Sometimes it just takes a little longer for the sale to come through. But it if does. you maintain that activity level, it starts yeah. to come back to you. Um, mm. It's that that piece is really important. It's a fantastic career. Yeah, um, it really, it really is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a year longer than you. Then, um, I like apes. So I just want to go back to what you said about integrity because mm -hmm. I think, as I go and see, you know, obviously all I do is speak to recruitment businesses like you do. I think that what they're looking at defining their business to attract talent. Obviously, we we, we hire people too. The one of the core values that people tend to measure on actually is ethics and integrity. And it's, I do think it's very undervalued, generally speaking, in a sales job, in a typical sales job. But actually, what Neil's saying there is absolutely right. Be honest, you know, be honest with your customer. There was a line that we were taught back in the 90s. I don't know if you did this when you did your, and I'm, and I'm sorry, you have to do your calls. That is what you do. That's how you build your knowledge. It's how you learn your mistakes. It's how, you know, and, you get to know. And the people you call teach you how to absolutely. do it. Absolutely. But the, the opening line would be the reason for my call. And actually, just pause there a second, because actually that is your purpose. The, the yeah. reason for my call is this. So if you think that every time you make a new business call, actually it gives you that purpose. Act, I mean, active, the A of apes. We are, a, if you just sit there and you've just, if you have just worked through the last 18 months in recruitment and it's been your first job, I'm really sorry to tell you the phone will stop ringing soon. And so you have to make the calls. You have to be yeah. proactive. Um, I like, I mean, I actually quite like the e-enjoyment, you know, I like, I think life is just too short. I'm, I'm yep. heading to 50. So I just, I'm a huge believer that you literally only live once. And I think that if you've done a year in recruitment and you're really hating it and you're not enjoying it, actually go and do something else. Cause you'll have amazing transferable skills, might be, that... but it might be the firm you're in as well. It and could one be. Of the, one yes. of the challenges yeah, is yeah. it is a massively diverse sector. It is. So it's very different being in a big firm to being in a boutique. It really is. It's very different from be, being in search, from being in general, from being in specialist. Yeah. Um, you know, th there are choices as well. So it's worth there thinking, are. people thinking about where do I sit in the uh, in the uh, structure? You know, I started in search mm. and actually search really suits me. Mm. Um, and uh, I had a great time, um, apart from the the one occasion when someone put me on the speakerphone on their desk, which was while you uh, were headhunting them. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know it but happens. But did the you know? 
the, the critical because I hear them all. Uh, the, criti- <laughs> the critical thing is that happens to all of us. We all have bad yeah. calls. Yeah, you know what? It, it absolutely. I, I I'm 23, well, 24 years, and I've only ever once been told to f off, and it was horrible, and it wasn't very nice, and I just I'd placed with him, but I hadn't found someone else, and you know, you never forget a call like that. But actually, you never forget a call like that, and you learn. It's all about learning. Going back to the S standards, you know, for me, service and standards. That is what gives you longevity in anything. And I always say, think about how you want to be treated. Think about how you want to, if it, if you're dealing with a candidate, how would you want, would you want to, you know, never receive feedback, even if you know it's a no? You, of course you wouldn't. You, five minutes. So think about your level of service that you would expect. And that's what you should be giving your customer every single time. It's also about management standards and standards in your team. So if I mm. think about what's on lots of recruitment business leaders' minds right now, and how far people are in the office varies very widely across the industry. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in general staffing on a business park on the edge of town, pretty much everyone's back in five days a week. Park outside is fine. If you're yeah. in if you're in specialist staffing in central London, people are in two days a week, maybe. So there's a big uh gap in the, in the issue. But there's a load of stuff about um that's just exposing that we're not a lone wolf sector. Um, so if you have a bad call, mm. the, the whole uh, Bruce Daisley thing about you get yeah. over it much more quickly when you can talk to your colleagues, um, you learn more mm. when you're working with colleagues. You know, I've talked to a lot of business leaders who are saying that it's taking longer for young uh, and new entrant staff to get up to speed now because yeah. of home working. So I, some some people who are listening who are early career might be thinking, well, I don't really want to go to the office. Yeah. And you know what? It is a pain. Uh, but but you learn we'll through osmosis. Up, you will get up and uh, up and ru- running running quicker. And actually, mm. as senior people, we have to accept that part of our job is not just to do our job, but to be there to. Of course, of course, to, it is. To show what uh what to share. And the other, thing, the other thing is, relationships-wise, you've got to have high trust with the people you work with, and you do mm-hmm. that by being together. So mm-hmm. I think there's a th- there's definitely a kind of an active thought process going on mm-hmm. in lots of firms in the industry about mm-hmm. how do we make sure we're productive. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a people game. It is. I'm very pleased that you brought up Bruce. Bruce actually came on the podcast in 2022 very kindly, and his podcast, he runs a podcast, Eat sleep work repeat eat sleep work repeat Uh, and he's obviously a workplace culture specialist he was the ex-vice president of twitter and youtube for email for the uk Uh, and he's he's an exceptional human and he has brilliant guests on as well which obviously you're you're clearly a, a, a fan as well and actually that is corroborating all the data that generally speaking collaborative the best performing high performing cultures and the happiest cultures are those where there is hybrid element but that means being in the office and you know, there are exceptions. Of course, there are exceptions where some people work brilliantly remotely. I love working remotely, for example. But actually, I I do think as a word of caution, if you've come into the industry post-COVID and you have been, uh, you know, allowed to work from home, but they're asking you to come back in, I do think you need to be open-minded to it, particularly if you're on the early journey of your career, because yeah. you will hear you will listen to those top billers. You will hear your leaders. You can go and ask questions immediately. So. I just I do think the world was always going to adapt back to being together. We're not we're not alone wolf um, species. Human beings were not designed to be alone. At the, at the CBI, I used to keep in my desk drawer the first thing I wrote for the CBI. 
in the first draft, which is absolutely scrolled all over by senior colleagues because it was crap, frankly. It was a good effort for, for a new starter, but it wasn't really ma uh, massively brilliant. And the reason I used to keep it was you could then have a conversation with people that kind of development is something that happens to everybody. Mm. You know, it's not your innate value that is being being challenged. But all of that happens in an interpersonal world. And mm. if we talk, go back to where we talked about what the skills of the game are, mm. right, you and I are having a great conversation now by technology but actually we're both plugging in all the skills we've learned of dealing with people face to face mm. so that there is a significant amount of that learning that is really important that we create learning organizations about standards but learning organizations about interpersonal stuff because it's the interpersonal stuff that drives the sales ultimately it really is what a brilliant brilliant way to finish this incredible podcast wow there's so much that people are going to take away neil thank you so much for joining us again it's absolute been pleasure always a pleasure and i can't wait to see you in real life hopefully later on this year at an award ceremony no doubt um, but thank you for joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast see you soon